Moto Spot Show. What's up, everybody? We are back. The first round of East Coast is up and gone and has went behind us, and it gave us some thrills and some excitement and some craziness. So we'll talk a little bit about that today, but I want to definitely get uh, introduce our guests here shortly. But before I do that, I want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors. Um, like I just posted on Instagram, Spot Network TV. They just posted the Pulp MX live show. They did it all last Friday, but you can still go back and rewatch it. It is a premium, so just go check that out. Log in. So huge shout out to those guys. And also a Chirby's USA. A big shout out to those guys. They are getting ready to launch their new plastic kit. Scott Sports USA. They just launched their new goggle. You saw the, the PC guys wearing it. And the Heritage Goggles, so go check that out. comes in a Prospect and a Fury, available at your local WPS dealer now, so please go check that out. And then Bell Ray, they uh, just got me some new Thumper Oil for the, the gas gas, so I'm excited to use that. Probably won't use much because I don't ever ride, which is ironic, but anyways. Uh, and then uh, Works Connection, the, the guy we on tonight, or the gentleman we have on tonight, he uses Works Connection products. His rider has pulled multiple, multiple hole shots, including a Triple Crown. Um, win with the Works Connection whole shot device, or I should say Pro Launch, excuse me. So please go check out WorksConnection.com. Give those guys a shout out um, at their Instagram. All these companies have Instagram, so please go follow them. But enough about sponsors and all that stuff. I'm, I'm excited. Episode 35, let's get to it. We got a guest on tonight that's been involved with um, just the industry for a long time. He's worked with people we've had on the show, and now he's been with one of the top writers. Now he's working with one of the top writers in the sport, that guy being Christian Craig. This man is uh, Brent Duff. What's up, Brent? How are you? Yeah, how's it going? I'm doing well. Dude, I'm doing good. It's uh, I appreciate you making the time. It's uh, one of those things we haven't talked in a really long time. We randomly met in Vegas, I don't even know, six years ago. And I was like, man, like I'm trying to do this mechanic thing. And like Brent's crushing it. Like I've heard really good things about you. I was like, I'm just going to reach out. You know, worst you can say is no, right? So I was like, let's just let's just go for it. So I appreciate you uh, you coming on. I like being picked for stuff like this. It's, it's cool. It's a good indication that you're uh, you're doing well at your job. Yeah, for sure, right? Like it's uh we're not no big big media whatsoever, but we're trying to get there. You know, with people like you and and our past guests that have those relationships, we hope that that will in, endure. I don't know if that's the right word, but hopefully get us on to you know to for more people to listen and. And kind of just do what you do. Just start in the trenches and, and work your way up. And that's kind of what we're trying to do with this this podcast show. Yeah, it was cool. To, to, I've listened to a lot of the shows. And it's cool to hear everyone's background, everyone's story. You know, everyone's different. And it's cool. I've, I've met, you know, I've known a lot of the people that are on your show. I've known them for a long time. But you don't know everyone's background. So it's cool to listen to these hour, hour and a half conversations and, and just learn a lot about everyone and more about the industry than you knew. Yeah, and I would say that's probably the coolest thing, right? It's just like everybody has different stories, but it's kind of one of those same thing to where you and I were just talking off air. It's it's a really big industry in a sense, but it's kind of small. So it's it's almost like a little family. Like you guys see each other every week. You know, most of the people I've had on, you, you're seeing week in and week out for, I don't know, 30-something weeks out of the year. So you get to know a lot of people, but like you just said, it's one of those things to where you don't really know the complete background story and kind of what they've been through. and. Like you were saying earlier, and we'll get to it too. Like you've kind of lived at a facility. Some other these, some of these other people we've had on, like Cameron and a couple other guys. They've they've kind of lived at facilities, so it's it's a lot of work, and a lot of people have moved. You know, you're you're an Iowa boy yourself, and now you're living, I believe, in Florida. So you've kind of traveled the country quite a bit. So like, kind of right off the gate, you know, what's it like being in Iowa your whole life, and now you're 
your I imagine you're in Tallahassee over at uh at Star Racing Yamaha over there, probably close to the to the test track, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it's awesome growing up in Iowa. I was actually just having a conversation with uh, JB about this and same thing at Anaheim too, and we're both saying, man, we really appreciate growing up in Iowa, growing up in small towns, and you know, just saw everything on TV and in the magazines, and you just looked up to it. And you know, not that the guys in California do take it for granted, but man, I remember seeing my my first pro racer, and I was a kid, but just in awe. And yeah, it's cool. I, I always was jealous of the kids in the South uh, being able to ride all the time. And we, we had to wait out all the snow months, but we got to ride indoors a lot. So yeah, I grew up racing and I raced arena cars. But yeah, growing up in Iowa was, was really fun. But definitely an envious for the people that lived in the warm weather all year round. <laughs> yeah, you guys get a true, real season up there in Iowa. And I mean, JB's still pretty heavily involved. And for people that don't know, JB is Justin Brayton and. For you know, he still puts on a pretty big race, I believe, over there at Riverside, and I heard that things like a like pretty big still. Like it gets a really good turnout. Yeah, it gets bigger every year, but even uh, before his event there, it's like Riverside Raceway in Winnipeg, that was that has been one of the best tracks in Iowa. Okay, so I was little. So it's been around I for a hot minute. Yeah, I remember racing uh, the Red Lane qualifiers there on eighty. Dang. Yeah, there's there's not a whole lot of those tracks around anymore. You know what I mean? No. They, they kind of are getting shut down, and I'm I'm hoping that that with the electric stuff coming down the pipeline, that we'll maybe get more tracks or more places to ride. But that's way way down the road. But there's not a whole lot of tracks anymore. Like I I live in Nashville now, and when I moved here, people were like, dude, like you kind of got here at the wrong time. Like back in the day, we had six, seven, eight tracks around here, and now there's like two. So it's uh it's pretty crazy how that's all evolved. Yeah, some kind, some parts of the country though, you know, a lot of tracks are reopening. So I, you yeah, know, track closures as, as much as it, you don't like to see it. There's a lot of track openings that you know they get celebrated, and that's a really good thing to have. Is more tracks coming. Just you know, sometimes when they close, maybe it's just been in the family that long. It's not always a bad thing when it closes. Someone else steps up and opens another facility, like uh, the grid and all. Yeah. Yeah, that, that I think that's what's really cool, and like the Vermoto's back too, and they're bringing back some old tracks, and they have the Shred Tour, and so I'm excited to see people out riding again. And you know, with this whole COVID stuff, it's been pretty crazy. But if we can, if it will help the sport, I'm all about it. So hopefully, we can see see what uh, what it can do for us long term. But speaking long term for you, you've been doing this for a very very long time. Um, if I'm not mistaken, like oh six oh seven oh eight, you kind of started really going after the mechanic career is that correct or is was it sooner than that yeah uh, that was, i want to say oh six my first year going at it and i kind of stumbled in on accident went and helped a friend at an arena shop and uh that another guy that knew the mechanic for the year and that was roy horton and i did super cross with him and oh maybe it was five oh six oh six and oh seven way back then okay and, uh, then it evolved into uh, working for Ross Sellers in Arena Cup and Supersoft, and I was a young, young kid. I don't think I was 21, and I had this job. That I was amazed I had it. It was really fun. Did it for a long time, and I don't know if I was too young for the role, but I stepped out a few years. Honestly, oh, oh eight, oh nine, I stepped away from racing, and I went back home and said, "I'm going to go to college, and I'm going to go do that life." Okay. 
four or five years doing that, I went back to renting. Okay. So, yeah, you're like, I don't yeah. know about all this. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I went back, oh, my God. Yeah, I got back into racing. and I raced a little bit. and uh, Yeah, I raced a I actually went to Loretta for the first time in the plus 25 class. Okay. And I just had, had a love for it. And, and man, I want to be in Minnesota for the rest of my life. So got yeah. back into racing and made my way up. So just kind of racing and kind of making those relationships, going to Loretta's, meeting people and all that fun stuff. Uh, is that how the trader's job comes about or did something else kind of get you to the, to the trader's job? Yeah. Yeah. In 2014, I took a job helping out the traders and traders Kawasaki back then. Yep. And uh, so throughout all those years of me going to college, I was still helping friends, going to races and racing locally myself, going to pro races, you know, here and there, helping out a friend for a weekend or two. So I kept in touch with everybody. So uh, when, when I met Kenny Day in 2014, uh, him and I stayed in touch. And at the end of the year, he's like, we need a fill-in mechanic for three rounds. And uh, Greg Duffy needed a mechanic. And it's funny, so my name is William Brent Duffy. I okay. go by Brent all the time. And his name is William Greg Duffy. That's <laughs> funny. Sounds like Greg, backwards. I've always, yeah, always seen his name in the results and never met him. And here I was renting for him. And then uh, that turned into off of a full time gig for 2015, working for Tony Archer. Okay. And we did this off in 2016. And 2016. Yeah, 2016, I got the CTO uh, PM deal with Peyton. So that was my first big step. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So for you, though, like working with Tony and kind of seeing that whole transition, and I th- believe he won a lights title. You and Kenny, were you and Kenny kind of switching off? Oh, I'm not sure, but uh, well, I believe. When Tony won the Ring Cross title, Kenny was his mechanic. That was 2015. So 2016. Okay, it's 2016. I get my ears messed up. That's so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to hard to keep up. But yeah, it's crazy to think like Kenny's been on a couple times, Tony's been on, and now you're on. So it's like I got the whole like traders team, like I'm like a reunion coming together. It's pretty funny. That was a fun group. We had a lot of fun back back then, and it's pretty cool to work with Tony uh, back when I say he was in the peak. Uh, our first supercross that year was Dallas. Yeah, fifth in the semi, uh, straight to the main. Um, I think he got 19th in the main, but for us to go straight to 450 Supercross and make the first game, and it was the first round of East Coast, all the 450 guys warmed up. Like, that was cool. Tony worked his butt off that year, and yeah. he's actually, I'm not surprised that he's working at Pro Circuit now because back then, like, it was Kenny and I were the mechanics, and when we had extra work to do, Tony was taking his gear off and rebuilding engines. Oh, dang. So he's been, yeah, so he's, you guys have all been in the trenches for a while over there. Oh, yeah. yeah Tony was a 450 racer and uh, the fun move in the can. <laughs> it's, it's like, is that pretty crazy to like think about? Like, do you guys ever talk about when you see each other? Like, you know, he's he's now a mechanic. He was doing, he was Cody Shock's mechanic before and now he's Forkner's mechanic and he's doing East and you're doing <laughs> West, but you guys probably still see each other from time to time. Is it pretty nuts to see like him be a racer, but now be a mechanic? It's pretty cool. It's it's a cool feeling to, uh, you know, having shared all the fun moments we did and still getting to see those guys all the time. That's another cool part of our industry. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's, it's just crazy. Like to see 
the the transition over the years, I would say, right? Like it's Kenny, you know, helped out the traders team, ran that whole deal, and you just never know what's going to happen. Now he's athlete manager at Fox, and you're now working for Christian Craig, who's absolutely crushing it. And now Tony's with Forkner, who's also uh, a championship contender. Like it's pretty crazy to think, you know, 2014 till now. What what is that? Seven years? Like how? Or now we're going on eight years now? Like that's that's pretty nuts to think about that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's fun, right? To where like every year is challenging, and for you, you've kind of you got. I would say I don't know if you'd want to call it luck, but you got in with JB and you and you and Brayton had a really good relationship. How how did that all come about? Was it because you're both from Iowa and you both know each other, or like what was that like? How was that transition for you? We never we never knew each other. I was growing up. He lives on the other side of the state. Like I I was a year or two older than me. Okay. We never raced. We never raced each other. Maybe in a rain cross once or twice, but he was on another level. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I never knew. Uh, it was all just from being friends. You there? We lose you. PTO had a job opening. They actually approached me for it. I didn't go out searching for it, so yeah, uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, and uh, Gary, the owner of Traders, he was. He told me, like, hey, man, this team is a stepping stone. I want riders to move up. I want the mechanics and crew. I want everyone to move up. Like, I'm in this because I want to see everyone do better. Oh, that's cool. Myself, myself move to the top, and Tony and Kenny, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's cool that, you know, guys are honest about that, right? They're like, you know, they're not promising you the world. They're like, you know, they're like, hey, like, this is this is somewhere for you to learn. Get, your, get some... Um, under your belt, some experience under your belt. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then go from there. So that's pretty cool. And like yeah. to think about that, right? Like a trader's team's just, you know, budget, everything you got to save and, and be really tedious with what you have and, and kind of conserve. Then you go to factory Honda and it's like the world, the sky's the limit. Like whatever you need, get it done. Like we don't care. Like we want to make sure that Justin's comfortable. That had to be a weird transition for you where you're like, dude, I can save this bolt or I can save this clamp or whatever, save this chain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's cool, but it's, I'm I really admire the people that have gone from the privateer ranks and up, and yeah. really had to put in the the work and drive to every race, and you know live on a budget, and it makes you really really appreciate like the sport as, as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm I'm always talking to privateer mechanics. I know most of them, and I'm I'm probably the chattiest guy in the, in the mechanics area, but I. I love that everyone's out there just grinding and doing whatever it takes to be at the top. But it really makes you appreciate appreciate at the factory level when you've gone through the privateer rank. Yeah, it's it's kind of you know one of those things too. Like for the riders, right? If you're an amateur and you have to struggle, 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 then you get a factory ride. You know, it's it's almost more more rewarding in that sense too. I would assume those guys are more desired. You know, a lot of these unfortunately a lot of these kids nowadays that have it through amateurs and then they get to the pros they kind of fall off you know we just saw that with like jordan bailey and a couple other guys it's it's unfortunate for sure and it's tough because like you want to see these kids be successful but there's another kid right behind them and 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 force and so for where i can't really talk tonight but yeah um it's just crazy like i think that's what you what you just hinted on is it makes you want it that much more and when you do get those wins or when you have those moments you just really absorb it and take it all in concept applies to to the mechanics as well like like i say like having to work from the bottom to 
go to the top, you really appreciate the wins because, you know, back with Tony, a win was 15th in a main event. Like, dude, or getting in without an LCQ, like, dude, just killing it tonight. And uh, now it's, a, it's evolved up to a win is a first place. And, yeah. You know, you, you only want first, but it, it's cool. Like, you know, the goals that everyone sets. Yeah, it's it never it really never stops, right? It's it's a LCQ, it's an LCQ or it's a night show, and then it's an LCQ, and then it's a a main event, and then it's a you know a heat race win or, or whatever it could be, but it never stops. Like for you, I would say you're this will be if I'm not mistaken, this will be your first. If Christian does great, like this will be one of your first championship besides JB. You guys did really good in Australia, and we'll get to that. But for you, like this is another goal for you. Like this is another thing to check off your box as a mechanic. Yeah. And I actually, so I've been with, with Brayton since, uh, September, 2015, like right after the Indiana national in 2015, I drove to California and started working at BPO. And, uh, I was a race guy, 16, 17, and then practice guy in America in 18 and 19. And then a race guy again, at 20 and 21. But I did all the practice stuff the whole time, and all the overseas stuff too. So, so I wasn't I wasn't there when he won Daytona. Like I was there, but yeah, I wasn't his mechanic. We're, yeah, you weren't his guy at his race guy. Um, yeah. So for you, like, when did you officially leave Iowa and go to Carolina? Uh, I actually went to North Carolina from California. So okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess you can say I left Iowa in 2015 to go. Uh, out on the road with the Traders guys and then maybe 14 go with the Traders guys and then uh, spend a few months in California and then Brayton's like, hey, I do all my training at Club Max and I live in Charlotte. It'd just be better if you move out there. So okay. I've moved out there. I moved out there February 2016 to Club Max and lived there for four years before getting a place in Charlotte. And oh, I was there for the last two years. Yeah. So six years total in the Carolinas and then now I'm down here in Tallahassee. Yeah, like that. What was that like being at club and and kind of dealing with all that and then having? Uh, I heard Phil's really a really a uh, a cheap guy, like real fun. But like for you, like experience had to be pretty fun to to have that group of people like JB and and Phil and I imagine there's some other guys that I'm forgetting about. Maybe McAdoo. You know that club that yeah. club MX program seems there's, like it's really cool. There's been so many top guys go through there and so many fun people. You know, being there for as long as I did, I met hundreds of people. Like, and the kids training there, some of them are seasonal and like come in for the redos. And but those the core group have been there for the longest time, and, and it's a blast just seeing families spending what they do on racing and seeing the kids that match their parents' effort. Like that's yeah. that's pretty cool. Like you know, you hear too many stories about. These amateur kids that don't appreciate what they have, but there's a lot of them that do appreciate what they have, and, and that's cool watching them want to better themselves. Yeah, kind of put in the work, and it makes it your job as a mechanic too. Like I know, I know you're not really working with any of those kids, but when you as a if you are an amateur mechanic, you kind of appreciate that more to see a kid that's not really like taking it for granted. I would imagine a lot of kids at the facilities there, you know, up at six a.m getting a workout and then riding yeah. and then working out and then they have dinner and then they have bike work all night and then they got to get right back to bed to do it all again. They're their own mechanics. They're everything. And it's, it's pretty cool to see. Heck yeah. 
So you have anybody that you kind of help mentor anybody that uh, wants to maybe transition into being a mechanic? Well, yeah, I've, I've made it, I've met a lot of mechanics down there okay. over the year and over the years. And, uh, guys like Dalton Keaton, who's Shane McElrath's mechanic. Yeah. Uh, he, he came over there with Tanner Basso and they were just privateer racing, uh, 250 Supercross. And, uh, I mean, he is always wanted to be the best version of himself. And I kind of took him under my wing and, uh, he stayed there for a long time. So we just, he'd come in the shop and we'd work side by side and I'd show him what I knew and he'd soak it up like a sponge. And, you know, he's, he's at Rocky Mountain right now working with Shane. So that's it's awesome. pretty cool to see him get to the top. And he's, he doesn't forget it. He's always, he always reminds me of the help back then. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. He, that's Kiana's brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I haven't met him, but I've, Keon, I've seen Keon talk about him and his sister is another one. She's been grinding to do the, the photography um, industry. And she, she, I saw her in uh, Minneapolis. She just got her first opportunity to be on the floor. So I, that whole family seems like they're, they're just crushing it to get, you know, get involved. And like you just said, he got involved with Shane. So that's awesome. Like, cause like you said, the, the grind, it's a, it's a grind for sure. And people don't realize the, the 12, 14 hour days, it's a lot of work. It's not just handed to you, so it's cool to cool to hear those type of stories. Where you know, I think they're from uh, Missouri, I believe. So it's a uh, it's a lot of work and opportunity. And you just kind of got to go for it and hope it works out. So, um, but for you, you got to do some cool things with Brayton, like you said, Factory KTM, Factory Honda, Moto Concepts. But I would have to say Australia was probably the the top of the list. I would imagine, right? Easy, easy answer for me. Whenever people say, where's the coolest place you went? It's Australia. Yeah. And I think the coolest part about it, like we've done a lot of races in a lot of countries all around the world for a lot of years. And a lot of those are just, you fly in and build the bike, race, tear the bike down, you fly out. You might get a little sightseeing here and there, but it's literally an afternoon of sightseeing and that's it. But when we would go to Australia, we'd be there for three months at a time and we got to live the life down there. It was so <laughs> much fun. We, we stayed in a place called the Sunshine Coast. Okay. That is a paradise on earth. It's so awesome, man. Uh, I actually, before I got the star, when I got the offer to come here to star, I actually called my friend in Australia and asked him if I could come work for his company. But, uh, cause I was like, if I'm moving, I want to go to where I really, I know I'm going to love it. And Australia was the first place that, that's where I want to move, but yeah. that's the way the world is right now. Um, I definitely made the right decision coming here, but I love Australia and wanted to go back there again so bad. But and we'd be there three months at a time, four years in a row. So I spent a year of my life in Australia. Dang, that's nuts! You actually have an Australian uh, coworker too now, right? Clout's brother. Yeah, Aaron Clout. Um, yeah, you know, I'm I met Clout a long time ago, back when they were in America, like 2011, maybe. Okay, always kept in touch with them. And it was cool to go down there and race against them and see them again. And uh, Luke, Luke is actually, I would say, Justin's biggest competition. Only guy that ever took the red plate from him down there. Yeah, he probably still doesn't give. He probably still doesn't stop giving you cl- uh, flack about that to this day. Probably, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. It, it, it's cool to have have him on the team. Uh, he's a fun guy. What What was the What was the the whole scene like race like you know supercross it's get there track walk you know press conferences media day you know the whole nine what's it like over there is it 
pretty similar or is it real like a looser program is it you know is it just all i know you take it serious because you want to get a championship right but it's still it's australia so what what's the what's the in and out like over there yeah uh as far as the the competition goes uh jb's always said you can't come down there not ready and just expect because he's a race winner in america that you're going to come dominate down there because yeah those are fast like their tracks are different like those guys are fast like he wouldn't be first qualifier all the time he'd have to earn a lot of his wins but them guys are fast the tracks are probably what a futures track should be in america okay uh, they're, they're tamed down but they'll build some big rhythms but they build them so they're jumpable whereas in america you build it and like I don't know, like maybe Stu would hit that, but down there, like they'll build a, like a triple quad, but they'll face them so you can hit them. So okay. the, the tracks will look, look gnarly, but they're built pretty safe, but they've got all kinds of classes of people racing on it too. So it's not just the pros. So they kind of got to make oh, it back okay. a little safer. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not just pros racing. So it's like a fair, like almost like a fairgrounds event, but a lot bigger stage. Yeah, a lot bigger stage. But some of the events were, were, were some really, really nice venues, but then other ones were, you know, not the best. But yeah. uh, there are still good events down there. Like, if you bring it out much competition, it's going to be a good event. I, I loved it. Most of them are all open, right? There's not a whole lot of closed closed roof stadiums there? No. Our, the Sydney Ozex Open was closed, and then the final year in Melbourne, the Ozex Open was a closed dome, too. Okay. But, yeah, it looks it looks pretty it looks pretty rad. Like I, I really wanted to go to Oz X, but I know now with all this COVID stuff, I don't know if that that will ever happen again. But um, that always looked like a pretty fun event. That's probably my favorite event. Like, Oz X is. Well, that's my favorite. Yeah, I think Oz X. They've got you know racing, and then they got freestyle show and uh, best with biggest tricks. Uh, so they incorporate a lot into it. Uh, the show itself is awesome, but I can't say that without bringing up Geneva. Geneva Supercross has some of the best opening ceremonies you'll ever see. It's a 30 minute show. That's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. So any of those overseas races, is there anything you, you think we could inherit over here? Like any, like super pole or anything you think that would be good for, for the American series? Pole would be really cool. Uh, you know, you, they take the top two or three from each, probably top three from each heat, and then they all just do a sprint lap. To, and then that's their gate pick for the top six. Okay. Uh, and then everyone else is all finished. And that's pretty cool because, you know, in America, you'll see the guys come out. Like a lot of guys want to go to the race and see Tomac, but they'll get to see him for a heat race and then for a main event. And, you know, maybe an opening ceremony, but you bring them out, the top guys, and give them all a sprint lap. You know, just fans are there to see the races. So I think that's why they love Triple Crown so much. They're going to see a lot of racing. Uh, Super Bowl is pretty cool. Uh, I do like that. Yeah. And they, we, we did a lot of head-to-head racing as well, uh, where, yeah, they just head-to-head, two guys on the track, and uh, single elimination is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I feel like that would be – I know the uh, KTM Junior XXC is really cool, and then they got now they have the uh, the Futures race before – the night show but yeah it'd be cool to tie in some way how to tie in like i want to say it'd almost be cool if they did the 250 lcqs like before the the main event like or something just so you can get like you said the the big names on the track more 
because I do feel like that is again. yeah yeah it's just it's a big part of our sport right like when you t- tune in for TV and for three hours you're o- you're only going to see your your favorite writer for an hour of it so um and some of the guys might love it too because you know you might might not feel comfortable in a heat and you took a third and you know you got 30 minutes to go back and make a change and go do a sprint lap before the main event and try your new setting like some guys might love it because you know you're second guessing what the track's going to do before the main event yeah this gives you one sprint lap to feel out the setting and it's not you know some guys i go two clicks in and I'm going to hit the whoops on the site lap and see how it feels. And they come back. That wasn't it. Go back. Go back to where it was. We'll raise the name like this. So. Yeah, that, that could okay. tie in for some yeah. more money. Some more money, too. You know what I mean? You get a heat race bonus. You get a Super Bowl bonus and then a main event bonus. But then also for sponsors, yeah. when you're pitching contracts, you can be like, hey, like, we're going to have this. We're going to have this much TV time where right now it's only a little, you know, you only have this much time. But if you do ever do that, then it could be something for, for more publicity for the sponsors, which would be really cool, too. Yeah, it'd be cool that like I watched my first ever Supercross of the season this weekend. Like, you know, all the other ones I've seen live. So yeah, I gotta watch the broad- yeah, I got to watch the broadcast, and yeah, it's, the broadcast is cool. Uh, uh, but it'd be it'd be cool if there's a little more racing just to keep it you know, busier. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it was it's cool too that we're, they're starting to do some more you know X racers like Zachos did the first you know few, and then they had Adam on last weekend for Minneapolis and. Daniel in the booth and, and Ricky, I feel like that was a really the last four or five rounds have been like you like you said you only watched the, the one that's from this weekend, but it seems like they've had really good dynamic kind of educating people on the sport and giving some some really good inside knowledge. Watching broadcasts, you know, of all the these races around the world, having done all these European races and uh, Australian uh, supercrosses, I'll watch the Aussie nationals and uh, GNCCs, and I watch all kinds of racing. And, yeah. Uh, you, you really got to appreciate the quality of the Supercross broadcast. It's pretty good. Yeah, they do a great job for sure. But kind of get back to you a little bit. You had your uh, first Triple Crown, I believe, on a 250F, right? This was your first one, your first 250F Triple Crown? Yeah, yeah this was actually my first, first year. Oh, 28, 2018 and 19, I helped the club the next team. Okay. Uh, in Supercross. That was JD's practice mechanic then. So, uh, yeah, I helped the club the next team then for Josh Ozzy. Okay. Then, uh, yeah. So this is my first. I guess this is my first triple crown, and yeah, it's very exciting, man. You I like it? I'm, I was gonna say, yeah, like how, like taking two bikes. It's cool that they changed the rule where you guys can have two bikes now. I imagine that that's yeah. a little less stressful. Yeah, I mean, we had. I, I went through it on four fifty, like so. Then used to the two bike thing, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's the the main goal is don't touch the backup bike or anything you know no matter what and yeah we didn't have to do it i thought after this after the second uh main event i was like well pull out the b bike yeah <laughs> but here nah, we everything, go. Was good. <laughs> everything was good yeah it was good but luckily it was in the fan <laughs> yeah for you like is there a, like a is there a panic at all when that when you see that stuff happen is it kind of like hey like just just you know just take a deep breath kind of go back to the truck or you kind of just wait and waiting for to see what christian's going to do if he's going to fit like of course we watched him he finished the race but in your head are you are you thinking worst case scenario or you're like hey like just do your thing i'm here when you need me you kind of go to worst case scenario right off the bat just okay. for readiness like you know i went san diego first turn crash and we went from last to third so yeah. i knew we had the speed but that was a 15 minute race which is like a 10 and uh 
Yeah, I was stressing when I saw him go down, but I actually, when the gate dropped, I was holding the wheel cart. So I was pushing the wheel cart out to the line, and they go underneath. I looked up at the screen, saw the crash, and instead of even looking and watching more, I went straight to the toolbox, opened, pulled out a bunch of tools, had the stand out, had levers in my hand, like I had parts and tools in my hand ready for a change, and they're on the headset. He's going, he's going. He went by, and you know, luckily the bike wasn't damaged, but I was, I was ready. Like I had to, yeah. to whatever. To, it probably didn't I help that he was looking down at the bike for a lap, lap and a half. Oh, in San Diego, yeah, that was a bad <laughs> one, man. But he said in that one, he picked his bike up and there was some kind of oil or coolant or liquid all over his bike dripping off. But it turns out it was March Bank of coolant and it was pouring all over the bike. Oh, so, okay. Christian's, Christian's bike is good. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, there's nothing worse than that, right? When you have those situations where you just you're not sure and you don't want to pull in because you're thinking championship points. So for your guys' sake, it actually really worked out. But I can imagine it was probably pretty stressful when you when you see those situations. I have a lot of people on headsets during that race, so it was <laughs> you know, all all eyes on that bike. If yeah. you see anything out of the ordinary, speak up. And, you know, everything was good. We were definitely curious what he was looking down at, but he said he's, he's making sure whatever that liquid is from wasn't out of his engine. Yeah. He's like, I, I didn't want anything bad to happen. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind smart. of. I think he's smart enough to know. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things for you too. You guys look at if there's any smoking or anything like that, or if he doesn't start jumping in rhythms. Because, like, when it first happened, I thought maybe it was like a broken shifter or something like that, or maybe he, someone punctured a hole. But, um,. Yeah. There was no smoking yeah. or anything, so that's that's always a good sign for you guys. They're in my pocket and a and the tool to swap a shifter in my pocket the whole race, just looking by and I saw him click a gear in front of me and I'm like, shifter's good, we're good. He's yeah. gonna keep moving. <laughs> like, let's go. No, I, yeah. I can imagine, you know, that whole the whole series so far has, has been, you know, he's kinda had some ups and downs and no, luckily for him, he has experience and he's he's got some really good some really good finishes. And for you, like, is there anything you guys do in the off week? Does he have a Does he have a practice mechanic? Or are you kind of still helping on that side too? Everything. So okay. Every bike, every bike he rides is built and cut by me. So okay, I've got my hands full. Yeah, because he's living there. Uh, he's he's there. The whole family's there right now, right? They moved to Tallahassee. Okay. Yeah. So, I had, we're a big team. We have a lot of mechanics on the team. Yeah. So, I can get some help here and there. Like, in California, uh, when we were doing race bikes, I was having uh, Hayden Deegan's mechanic. He was uh, doing a lot of prep work on a practice bike for us. And when Nichols got hurt, his mechanic, Aaron, Clout, Aaron Clout, got in and did okay. a lot of stuff for us at the shop. So, we have a lot of help. Uh, unfortunately, with the injury, we have a lot of help. But yeah. it's still... I have a lot on my plate right now. Oh, I bet. Yeah, like it's even though your rider's not riding right now, there's still, you know, stuff to be done. Motocross testing, and from the sounds of it, he's going to go 450 for outdoors. So, um, it's uh, it's yeah. today was actually day one on the 450. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, went really well. So I we drove back from uh, A3, and then I built a 450 when I got back and rode it today. Nice. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. Yeah. A lot of people don't know is there's. Even though he's not racing, there's not uh, an quote unquote an uh, off week or off uh, little like break. <laughs> it's it's back to the grind. You know, it's you got to keep keep staying sharp and and get ready for when the rounds do come back. So 
the 450 I think will be good for him. He, he proved last year he he did really good on it. He had some good rounds. So another year under his belt, and you know you have is this your guys' first year you're working together, right? You weren't with him last year, were you? Okay, JD last year this year Okay, and then. Yeah, so this will be your guys' first full year together, and I think you know having it seems like you guys have a really good relationship. So having that duo or, and that dynamic, I feel like goes a long way. Pretty cool. I've, I've known Christian for a long time. Just you know, he was a Geico, and we were Honda guys, so we'd always ride the Honda track together. So I've always known him and you know gotten along with him. And uh, yeah, it was, he was pumped, and my name came up, and uh, yeah, when they offered me the spot, it was kind of a no-brainer. So. Yeah. I knew he was going to be fast, so yeah, it was, it was a good move on my part, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's it's like one of those things, you know. JB's unfortunately on his way out, um, and he's just had a great career. And I shouldn't say on his way out, you know. I think he's going to do some World Supercrosses stuff, but as far as being a full time racer, you know, he's already announced that he's kind of ready to spend more time with his family. So for you, you're you're still young, so you got to think about what's best for you. And it sounds like you kind of went, you know, went the the best best available route that was available to you. That's a nice, easy transition too, because JB was a, you know, a family man, a veteran of the 450 class and uh, insane whoop speed. And I'm like, all right, who in the 250 class is a veteran of the class, insane whoop speed, family man. <laughs> it's yeah. Craig. Yeah. You got like a little transition. mini Brayden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Now you just, <laughs> now they both, go ahead. Uh, so they both got a wife named Paige, so every day at the track, nothing's changed. Hey, good morning. How's, how's Paige? How are the kids? <laughs> do, you call, do you call her Paige number two, though? That's the real question. Is she number two? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Paige, Craig, if you listen to this, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, uh, for you, though, like now you just got to talk him into being the number 10 when, when JB's after, if JB doesn't use it for two years. You got to get Christian to go permanent 10. Ooh, that'd be sweet. Yeah, that would be that's cool. I wonder, has he talked to you about what he wants for a permanent number? He's going to be due for one after this no. year. I hope so, but now we, I guess you just have to see what's available. Yeah. Eight, dude. No one's got eight. Take eight. That'd be, yeah, I like single digit numbers, but I remember my first time on the number 10 numbers on JB's life. Like, holy cow, that's a low number. That's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ten looks good too. Like ten has a good font. Like, like AP seven, old seven. When he first got on Yamaha, like it was a bad seven. It did not look good. Now his uh, JD's big on a font too. Like he he okay with his graphics. Like you got to have a nice looking setup. Yeah, yeah. Font font is everything for sure. Um, KTM, Kawasaki, Yamaha, Honda. You have a favorite? One easier to work on the other. Uh, as far as easiest to work on, man, there's not a lot of hardware holding the Austrian bike together. You can knock one of them apart pretty quick. And powder-coated frames, you just wipe them down. But I love the aluminum frames. You can shine them up. Like, I don't, I don't love his polish them, but he's out there and scotch right a lot and use the SOS pads and get a good factory shine. Yeah, you can't get that on a, you can't get that on an orange bike. Yeah, you you gotta just yeah, kind of give it a little bit. You got those. Uh, I think everybody on nobody doesn't run the uh, frame guards on a Austria bike, right? Everybody runs frame guards. I don't know. I don't. Really, I don't really stare at other bikes that often. Actually, yeah. In staging, I'm 
I kind of just more zoned in on my bike. I'm not studying what everyone else has. Like, I guess I kind of, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I appreciate a good looking bike, but I don't really, whatever they're running, our bikes wasn't good enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, like you said, though, for like the frame wise, uh, it, I think you're right as far as aluminum goes. Like, you can really get into those and make them look really nice. And I know somebody said, I think uh, Chad Watts used to be really good about that. Like, really oh, good about yeah. making his bikes look sick yeah one of the best he's just so good uh and i remember Keith always had nice looking frames and uh when i built my first factory honda like i made sure that frame was looking nice and when lars told me dude your frame looks good i was like lars just told me my frame looks good like i've made it this is awesome <laughs> yeah yeah lars has been yeah, around for a cool. long time and to see him become team manager that's that's pretty cool uh, yeah, I texted him the day I read the news. Like, congratulations, you deserve it. He was he was pretty cool as a crew chief. Yeah, I like it. I like having him around. Yeah, it's uh for you yeah. that that transition to be be in Tallahassee and have that kind of track available at the goat farm compared to your your probably your commute Torrance. I imagine that the difference is probably a lot nicer in uh in Tallahassee or Tallahassee. Sorry. Yeah, we were talking about that when we were in California. So we went to California the day after Christmas and stayed until uh, eight weeks. So we were out there for 50 days. Yeah. And I was telling the guys on the drive back and forth from the track, like, man, we're spending three hours a day in a car. When we're in Florida, we just drive to the shop. And if you're there early, you can get working on another project. And then you start riding. When you're done, you wash your bike, you prep it, and then you go get back on your other project. And there's an additional three hours a day that you're not driving. Yeah. You get so much done. It's so nice. And the drive to work is 25 minutes to country road. You don't get that in California. No. It's peaceful out here. It makes your job so much less stressful and I enjoy it. Yeah. I can imagine it's like you just said, the stress, like, you know, I had Cameron on and, I remember we were at a Alpine Star Media Day and they were out there all day long. And they're like, "Yeah, we got to drive back to Torrance." And it was like eleven o'clock at night or something like that. And I'm like, "Dude, that's insane!" Like, because like the bikes have to, you know, they usually sometimes take the bikes home. But I'm like, it's like you just said though the the commute is just I it's just gnarly. Like it's yeah, I can imagine it's it's a lot on a lot of strain on your body. And then to be able to, to fly on a plane every weekend and stuff like that. So for you, it's. It's got a little bit be a little bit easier and and uh, a little bit more fun to where you enjoy going to work every day. And I think you can even be a lot more productive out here because yeah, we have all the equipment all the equipment in our track to not only do whatever we want with the facilities, but if we want to make a big change, like the shop's right here, like we'll hit it there at the shop, so we can do everything at the shop. So if you have a long test day you're getting twice as much done than you would at a long test day in California. Yeah. And I look, I think someone posted a photo. I don't know who it was, but someone posted a photo and like one of the shops just had crates on crates of bikes. So you're like, you're not, you guys aren't struggling to get bikes from, you know, you know, California, like the bikes are there, all that stuff. But it looks like you guys, you know, just got ahead of the game, just had bikes there. So you don't have to worry about shipping bikes back and forth. So that, that's got to be convenient too. The new shop, it's, it's done, but they're still doing finishing touches on the inside. But, I can't wait for everyone to see the, the full tour of our shop. It's, it's unreal. I think we're going to do something in a few weeks. So oh, nice. I don't know where the video is going to be, but it's, it's a really cool facility. Like Our shop's awesome. 
Yeah, like you just said, uh, it just makes it easier. Like um, when I had Damon on, that was Dean's mechanic. He would, you know, he hinted at the race shop was in Marietta, but then when Dino was in Florida, he had to ship bikes back and forth and practice mechanics. So again, just kind of, I think a lot of people don't realize stars kind of got the niche to where they are doing everything in one facility and it's just making life a lot more uh, accessible and not as stressful for you guys. So then again, the whole dynamic is just more fun, I guess you could say. It's really fun. And, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's a lot of new crew this year. Uh, they still got a lot of the core members from last year, uh, but it's a lot of new people and it's cool because everyone's just so excited to be a part of Star Racing Yamaha and everyone's happy to come to work. So, yeah, it's really fun. You've always got good vibes at the shop, and that's that's a big thing too. I was talking with you know uh, Nate Crasher's mechanic, Christian Kaufman. Uh, him and I spent a lot of time together on the West Coast. Okay, and I was telling him like, man, it's awesome like having a team with people that you can get along with. That there's no drama. Everyone's happy for each other, working with each other, and that's like a big team dynamic is getting along with everyone. So yeah, it's cool it's... to have that here at this team. Yeah, especially when you're working with them 14 hours out of the day, it's you don't want to have a you know a couple guys that you're like, dude, like go away. <laughs> like you want to have fun. Yeah, you want to do your job and and just you know you're all there for the same purpose, right? You're all there to ride dirt bikes and make sure the riders are safe and and go for the uh, the you know the goal of a championship. So everybody has the same goals. So, but for you, you know, it's one of those things. Like I said, you've you've kind of you lived at club. Now you're at Tallahassee, and and you've been all over the country. You've been all over the world. Do you feel like there's anything that you could have done differently, or you feel like you're you're kind of where you're supposed to be? Um, I feel I'm kind of where I'm supposed to be now. Now okay. I do. Uh, I was it was cool being with with a rider for six years, uh, and it's fun with JB. But we went from BTO KTM to Australian Honda the Moto Concept and uh, every year you know we go back to Australia but, uh, and then it was uh, the Muckoff Honda team but yep. I was learning yeah, new, mm-hmm. new programs like yeah you go to Penrite and you come to MCR and then uh, practice bike would be like a MCR Penrite uh, for the summer and then we go down to Australia and then back to MCR and then uh, you're always just learning different programs and yeah I, I wanted to go somewhere where I could, you know, instead of following a rider to all these programs, just go to a program and plant my feet in it. And, you know, I think I got a long future with Star and, you know, hopefully it's with Christian, but I don't, whenever he decides he's out, like I'm, I want to go somewhere where I can stay. Yeah. And I think, I think I'm going to plant some roots here. Yeah. So you, you feel like even when Christian's ready to move on and start, his 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 next chapter you you feel like bobby reagan will be like hey we got another guy ready for you and you might be able to plant your feet with that rider so it sounds like you kind of want to you know keep that relationship strong with, with with bobby and and the star the whole star program what's well, a big crew and uh it's nice to have a crew that wants to win not not a crew that you know wants to have fun and it's nice to come here like hey we're gonna enjoy this but we're gonna enjoy this because we're going to work our asses off and yeah. then we're going to celebrate. And that's the fun part. Okay. I'd rather have fun celebrating the win than just having fun at the shop. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where you don't go to work every day and 
not have goals, right? You want to you want to have goals at the end of the day, and yeah, fun's cool, but fun doesn't pay the bills. You know what I mean? So, um, like you said, championships are are the goal set. It is, and it's cool to to be in a position now uh, to actually be racing for a championship uh, in yeah. America. Like I've I've gotten you know used to it in Australia with Justin. Uh, he won four of them, uh, all four that we went for. He won them. And, That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. We went into the final round of the final all Supercross in 2019 with Luke Clout had the red plate, and you just had to beat him. And that's that's how we had to win with Sweden. Yeah. Justin had never won the Aussex because they bring all the American riders down. And Justin's like, I'm going to win this race tonight. All right. So he did. He won the race. It was a triple crown format. And, uh, first overall and the championship. So that was a that's really it. cool one to earn. Yeah. So I'm not discrediting that one at all, but it's really cool to do it and to be racing in that position here in America. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where, you, like we've talked about earlier on the show, it's it's just you have the you keep those goals alive. Like you said, it's you had your LCQs and your heat races and your mains, and it's like now you you're in position to have that next box checked. And after this box is checked, then it's an out you know an outdoor an outdoor one, or because you're not going to be able to go with Christian the two fifty outdoor, but you know he's still if he if the guy's fast, like you can't not count them in you know what i mean if he gets starts like you just never know what's going to happen with that class and we've seen it with cooper you know or with even with ferrandis you know everybody thought ferrandis was going to be a threat in supercross and he's had days where he looks really good but he was 450 champion so i, I still think with this class you just know ne- you can't expect anything there's no expectations with either 450 or even 250 so um i think you guys are in a good good position to to have a good year for sure all the way around cool and much you know, being really my first year in 250 class, I'm, I'm learning. And I've always known these riders. I've always watched them and I, I know a lot of the riders personally, but yeah. I don't really know the, the way they race. So it's pretty cool to be standing trackside watching these riders, uh, you know, closely. So before, you know, I'd be pushing up to the next practice, watching the 258 group, pushing up to the heat race, watching the 250 heat race finish up. But yeah. our focus wasn't out there. So it's cool now I can watch the 450 class as a fan. That's an exciting class. Both classes are, but man, it's pretty cool. Uh, just different classes now. Yeah, I think that I think what's cool too is like I think JB kind of laid the the milestone of being an older older racer and still being you know competitive. So I mean, like right now, you got guys that are in their their high twenties going for a two fifty championship, and then you got guys in their you know their thirties, high thirties going for a four fifty championship. So I think we're gonna see more guys in four fifties in the next two or three years that are going to be in their thirties battling for a championship. And I don't think we've ever had that before, maybe one, one time or two times, but it's pretty cool to see these guys riding longer and having more fun and, and not just backing out at 26, 27 years old. I think a lot, uh, you can see it in Eli this year. Our program's fun, man. Yeah. uh, I've heard a lot of comments on Eli's personality and his demeanor is just different this year. And he just seems like he's having fun. And he is. Like we all are. It's it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's it's pretty relaxed over here, and it, I think it just kind of lets everyone, you know everyone can let their hair down and just go be themselves. And when you are yourself, that's when you do your best. So it's pretty sweet. Yeah, I think what's really cool is 
I don't know. I could be wrong. You might know more about this, but it seems like now too the family dynamic for the riders is a lot stronger than it was ten years ago. You know, you didn't see, you know, racers with three kids at the pits at the semi. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I feel like yeah. that that whole generation too is is that dynamic is changing and it's making the riders have more fun and and have that much more inspiration to go out and race every night. You know, you still treat it like a job, but and you can bring the family and enjoy your job. And, it, you know, when you're looking at your kids before you go race, it motivates a lot of those guys to go yeah. out and do their best. Yeah, I, I, I really I really enjoy seeing that, just, you know, them on the podium and or them being right there after they win. Like, it just seems like those guys are just happy, right? Like, it's where 10 years ago, like, there's a mic right in your face right after you get off the track. Well, now you can kind of see your kid and your wife, like, right when you get off the track and not have a, a camera or a microphone in your in your face right after it. Throughout the day with the kids, too, like, you know, it's, it's business all day, but uh, I, I know a lot of fans have seen it walking by the pit. Jagger and Lennon like to grab tools and come up and scrape mud off the bike and, what bolts can I tighten? <laughs> you know, I used to, I used to do that with uh, JB's kids too, and his uh, middle son Beckham. He got so strong, I saw him loosen a bolt one day. I'm like, well, your days of playing a few handles are over. <laughs> yeah, you're like, dude, you got this. Like, Jagger's just gonna be like, just a little yeah. mini. He's like, Dad. He's like, Brent didn't do that. I did that. I got you. like, we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's fun. That's uh, it's awesome. Cool. Though, uh, I was filming Christian Sports Day this weekend, and when I showed up on Saturday. Christian was out there with Jagger riding. Supercross on the electric 50. Oh, that's uh, cool. Jagger's gonna race the yeah, he's gonna race the Detroit round, so without training right now. <laughs> oh, he's gonna do it for KTM Juniors. Yeah. Oh, dude, just if Christian's got him doubling the whoops, he's got the win. Like that, that's all he needs. <laughs> just have him go do whoops all day, every day. Just if he yeah, can get the double yeah, the whoops gonna, down, he's he's good, good to go. I, he's got the right name on the jersey to be fast in the whoops. So. Yeah. Well, that should be all we need. <laughs> oh God! Could you imagine? Just he comes in hot. Like people would lose their mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. <laughs> that that's so cool though. Too like the fifties, like seeing those fifties, like being electric. Yeah, it's it's different, right? So our generation is like, man, screw those things. But it's pretty neat. Like you know, I think Christians even posted photos, or maybe you know, Vilpoto has. But it's like these guys can go anywhere in california and we know how weird california people are and they can kind of go and ride and, and do their thing and not have to worry about a whole lot so i'm kind of excited for that to see what the future brings and and you know you'll be you'll be 50 years old working for an electric bike dude yeah that's gonna be weird for you i know a lot of the, <laughs> i don't have the contract in front of me but when jagger is racing the electric to the top spot yeah i i hope i hope we're in the same position and Whatever you're, twenty fifty. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just got to make sure your lithium stuff's ready to go. It's ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got a really cool segment. I don't know if you follow flat track. I know you follow a lot of racing, but I don't know if you follow flat track closely. There's there is one in Charlotte that's pretty big. Um, but we got a gentleman named JD Beach. He helps out with our segment, and uh, he does what we call Beach Say What. So I'm excited to have JD on this year and help with the Moto Spot Show and and. You know, getting those texts over to me, JD. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I know you're busy and taking time out of your day to do this has been really helpful. So huge shout out to him. Please check him out on Instagram at jdbeach95. Do you know much about flat track at all, Brent? A little bit. I don't okay. follow it, but I followed enough. And actually, that flat track event is. I used to live one mile from Charlotte Motor Speedway. So, okay. Uh, I wasn't. I was out of town for that event this year, but I know there's 
big crash I saw it uh I did yeah, hit the wall really. and it, yeah. oh that was not nasty man. did you go to the MXGP yeah. there when they had it uh, I was in Australia oh okay yeah I I, I, I missed right. a lot I missed a lot. I missed a lot of really cool events when we were in Australia. We did one Red Bull straight with them, yeah. and then, uh, we, we watched all the other ones from Australia. Yeah, but I mean, you got some cool memories from Australia, so I don't think you missed out on much. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> we were having a barbecue at my friend's house every every time. Watching yeah, it. you're at fun. you're at a a beautiful sunshine uh, state, I think is what you called it, and they're at Pomona, California. I think I'd rather be where you're at. Yeah, no, I, I don't regret it. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's see what JD's got for you today. Let me type this in, JD. There he is. All right, so his first question for you is, do you still – he must have went back. Like, he must have done some, like, investigation work. He said, do you still have your own plane and do you still fly? Could you make money off riders during COVID if you flew it? Uh, so I got my pilot's license in 2008, 9, okay. I think. That was when I said uh, I'm done being a mechanic. I went home and uh, went to school, focused on aviation. Uh, it was like five years, and uh, really wanted to become a you know jet pilot. My uncle flew for Bridgestone, and I let my license expire and uh, got back into renting. But I could definitely make some money flying some races. I know JD would always talk to me about like, dude, go get your license again, and we'll fly to these races. I never happened, but you know. Yeah, maybe someday if I ever step back away from racing, it's going to be on uh, for airplane. Yeah, so you, you so you really enjoyed it. It's like your second second. Um, now I wouldn't say hobby because you don't do it all the time, but maybe your second like interest or you know. Yeah, it, it was it was so much fun. Like there was you got to use your hands and feet when you fly, and, and you know flying is the fun part. Landing is the hard part. But yeah, if you can hand eye coordination and for it, it was so much fun. I love it. I would love to do it. My dad still flies. So yeah, we still have the airplane, but okay. I don't, I don't fly it. But when I come home for, for Christmas and other holidays, I do go up and some flights with my dad. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's probably a different experience. I've never flown a plane. I've been in a helicopter and that was pretty gnarly. So, cause you know, airplanes oh, hel- are nothing like, oh. so. Yeah. If the engine goes out on an airplane, you can land it. If it goes out in a helicopter, yeah, you're not. But I, I've only been in a helicopter a couple times. But that was also in Australia when Uribe would fly us in and out of Moto GP on yeah. helicopter. So oh, that's cool. So we didn't have to wait in traffic. It was really cool. Yeah, that that was really odd for me to be up in a helicopter because like planes are so big, and I've never been on like a small like uh, what are they called Vespa? Not Vespas. Um, oh, Cessna. Cessna. Yeah, like I've never been on a small one like that. So like. I'm not, you know, I've never experienced that before, but being in a helicopter when there's only three people, like it's pretty gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. His next one for you is what's your go-to bolt or nut to check on the bike when you're nervous before a race and know it's tight. So you probably have like a checklist or is there anything like you're like, man, I, I just, anything that gives you anxiety before Christian goes out? I don't know why, but I've, I'm always the guy like sitting on the starting line looking counting threads on my rear axle like yeah no that's good i'm like man how bad would it be if your rear wheel and i'm looking at it no no it's tight and whenever i ask other mechanics about it yo you guys ever freak out about this they're like oh my gosh you do it too so i think everyone up there our heart rate starts going like did i triple check that oh i only double checked that oh man (laughs) but 
I don't ha- I don't have anything that really stresses me out, but I check bracket bolts religiously. If if you were to pull in and I had a five second pit stop, I'm hitting bracket bolts. Okay. Yeah, I uh I think Tony I think Tony might have said the same thing. Like rear rear axle nut was one of his, like he's always kinda looking at that, checking it. Or maybe it was Cody. Yep. I can't remember. But yeah, I, I feel like you're the second person to say the axle nut is a big one. But sprocket bolts, I need to do a better job of checking those because oh, yeah, you can't can't overlook that one. Yeah. I kind of just tight like I got new wheels and I texted my wheel builder. I'm like, hey, like what's the torque spec on these? He's like tight AF. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Makes sense. So um after a few years working with Brayton, did he try to make sure you would go to a team before he switched teams? Yeah, we'd always said like uh you know, when he was gonna hang it up, we were gonna place me somewhere. Yeah. But you know, through all the years of working with him and meeting all these people, I did I didn't need him to vouch for me. But yeah. it, it's cool like uh when he got the factory Honda offer, uh they were actually I think they were originally gonna put Jordy with him, uh, and hire a new guy for Kenny. And then when Jordy chose Kenny, uh Honda said, "Well, Justin, who would you prefer?" And he said, "I want to bring Brent with me." So yeah, that was that was pretty cool. He always made sure I was taken care of. That's awesome. Heck yeah! So, like that had to be a pretty cool experience, just being able to work for a factory team. I mean, you're on a factory team now, but that had to be your first factory team. Like Honda is just such a big, you know, they're so iconic. You know what I mean? So like that had to be kind of one of those things where you're like, I don't know if you tell yourself you made it, but you'd almost be like, "Holy shit, this is this is real." No, you, you can say you made it. When you, okay. I definitely, that's definitely what I said. Like, wow. I, I walked out that day and I was like, JB, I just signed a factory Honda contract. He's like, me too. <laughs> like, that's so cool. Like, even in his position, like, yeah. that's unreal. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, it's just, there. it's almost like Ferrari and the F1, right? Like, it's just one of those things to where, yeah. like, it, it's just so iconic. And to be able to put that, that red shirt on and, and then be under that semi, it's it's pretty cool. Like, there's a lot of history there, and I've never been into that building, but I know there's a lot of cool stuff in that building. That's a that's a pretty cool spot. Like, yeah, Factory Honda was really fun. Uh, you know, they had the two semis. That's when it's like, wow, he's on a big program, and I'm working and looking the day next to me, and it's Jackson's bike. It's you know, kind of same deal here. It's just working around people that want to be the best. You, it makes you and uh, you just make send me the best version of yourself. Even now, like my work day, yeah. is the bike across from me is Dylan Flanders. Next to him, uh, Eli Tomac. Next to him is Justin Cooper. So, yeah, I'm, I've, I've got some big Full names squad. on my top. Yeah, so, yeah it, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat to think like Yamaha had this transition to Star, and and you're being a part of this new quote unquote new team for factory Yamaha there, you know, this is only their second year, I believe as factory Yamaha and, um, to have two red plates, you know, one with Christian and now one with Eli, like that's going to be pretty, pretty sweet to be a part of. Uh, you know, some people I know were thinking, Oh, with that move from California to Florida, you know, it might be tough for them to get their stuff in order. Yeah. But nah, it's, it's been, it's been easy. Not easy, but it's worked really well. It's gone off without a hit. That's awesome. So yeah. JD's 
his next one for you is after a few years working with Brayton. Or no, sorry, we just asked that one. Weirdest thing to get used to working on on the Yamaha after working on Hondas for so long. Uh, well, every time you get a new bike, uh, even if it's just a new model of the same bike, the wire harness, they always do something different. So, yeah. Uh, that's always something you got to learn. And once you get it down, you know, second or third week, you're like, wow, why was I even confused by this? But, you know, there's a lot of connectors and this has to go over this, this has to go on a lot. You know, there's, uh, bikes are always built differently, but even going from team to team, the same bike, with the Honda, the same bike is built different at factory Honda versus MCR. Uh, so even here, the way that other people might build a Yamaha, Star has a certain way that they do it. So just getting used to their system. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm used to doing things a certain way. So you come around, like even with as simple as my torque wrench, I've always done Newton meters. I came to this team and they gave me everything in foot pounds. And I said, all right, I'm going to convert this. Said, nope, nope. Everyone here talks in foot pounds, so no one gets confused. Gotcha. Okay. Get used to that. So little stuff like that. Yeah. That was one thing I was wondering too. You know, like we we see the the supercross of science every week, right? And they talk about how easy it is to go over and get parts designed and do that. Is that kind of the same situation for you guys with you now in Tallahassee? Like do you guys have a CNC machine where you can kind of do some stuff or does everything have to go through uh corporate Yamaha and, and Cyprus? It's not, it's not hard to get, um, you don't have to jump through any hoops to go through Yamaha to get a part made. Yeah. They, they kind of got full trust in the star program. So like, uh, the water pumps on our 250F this year, we needed, uh, mounts and brackets for them. So they made them in their machine shop and the CNC machine. And, you know, no questions. The 450 guys hopped in and made a bunch of them in California and sent them over. So. Even though the 250, 450 team are actually different teams, we all we all work together. So getting parts made isn't really that hard. You just send over what you want, and people are more than willing to jump up and help. That's awesome. That makes makes your guys' life a lot easier for sure. Um, oh yeah. He wants to know what's the best pit board message. The best pit board message, uh, probably the one I gave at A3 on the final lap, plus twenty five seconds. Wow. That's <laughs> that, pretty sick. Yeah, that that's a pretty cool one to, to write. I also writing uh four time champ in Australia for J V. That was a pretty cool one. I was first year champ and second year two X champ. Yeah. Be a three time champ. And to do that every year that that was pretty cool. You always want to write that one. What about uh? What about when you see breathe with no e e at the end? Do you do you do that sometimes, or do you laugh when you see that? You got a breath. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I, I like it. You, yeah, so you don't see it too often. I think a lot of people have been criticized on that enough that you know they can they can figure it out now. But you still get a chuckle when you see it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's I mean it's funny though too because a lot of times you're in a, like I've only done mechanicing for couple people and like nothing like your stage at all like and i always when i say mechanic i do the pit board air filter and wash like it's nothing crazy but like you kind of catch yourself like writing stuff and you're like oh shit like and then you're like you scribble it out and then you're like okay i'm gonna write this next thing you know like they're coming around like the laps go by pretty quick when you're down there in in pit lane like they they kind of sneak up on you especially if your lap times are under a minute like you you kind of run out of stuff to write like oh 
I'm just going to keep them just right, breathe, and lap times, lap times. And then if anything's happening, like someone's discussing a lead or if he's getting caught, just keeping them aware. And that's, the kickboard message is pretty fun. And it's cool. Uh, you can tell when the riders look at you. If you see the whites of their eyes, okay, he looked at it. But Christian, he opens his eyes up really wide when he looks at the pit board. So okay. I can always tell if he looks at it or not. Like where JD, I'd be like, he didn't look one time. And then he'll be like, <laughs> hey, how come you told me seven laps? And it was like nine laps ago. Oh, you saw that? <laughs> yeah, you're like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Man. Have you had any of those guys like, be like picky about what you write like i know some guys are like i want to know how many laps are left i want to know lap times like or has jb or anybody or even christian has anybody been kind of like okay i need you to write at least you know lap times quite a bit or i need to know you know what position i'm in or whatever it might be yeah it's pretty much just uh lap time but okay. lap times in position that's all jb ever wanted get lap times in position okay He's like don't don't write motivational stuff on the board He's like i I don't need you to motivate me. If I'm out there uh, racing, I promise you I'm giving 100%. I don't need you to try to motivate me. Just lap time and position. Okay. Oh, I respect that. That's cool. Yeah, it kind of makes your job easy, right? You're not trying to trying to put yeah, the wrong stuff out. Yeah, right. And dig deep. He's like, dude, I've been digging deep for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just like, what am I doing out here? Like, I'm just scribbling stuff. Like, you, you like have a full blown like scrabble like on your on your yeah. board. He probably it, wouldn't even notice. Funny, we we did a uh, two thirty plus two today on the four fifty, and I was asking Christian like, what what do I do after 15 minutes? Like, I'm gonna be bored. Yeah, He's like just talk to me. Just right, I'm bored. Write messages. He's like, you think I'm not gonna be bored? <laughs> Yeah, you're we're, like, not, we're not racing. It's just doing motos at a local track. <laughs> yeah, he's like, give the board yeah. to Jagger or Lennon. Like, let them draw on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, they do draw on it in between motos. That's a kids love pit boards and dry race markers. That's awesome. Brent, I appreciate the time, dude. That's, uh, it's one of those things where you and I could talk for hours. Like, you, you've been doing this for a long time, and, and you know, we could dive more into to BTO. We can dive more into Pinright and Muck Off and, and all that stuff, and it's it's a lot, you know. What I mean, when you do this for what have you been doing this now, fourteen years or whatever it could, you know, whatever it is. But like I said, I wanted to kind of keep it right around an hour, and like it's just, yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to doing this for us tonight. Yeah, no problem. Maybe in the future we'll dive in because I've been a part of some pretty cool stuff, like the BTO semi fire. Like, there's there's oh, yeah. a lot of cool little events. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been a part of a lot of cool little things that we can go in depth on in the future so this is a fun one man i appreciate you having me on yeah no for sure it's i, I always do that yeah no for sure uh yes I, I appreciate you taking the time and i like you just said the the bto that and then the the pin right you know with your reeve like it's cool to have those guys come over and and start teams and do all that and then like you even said the club mechs like that whole effort you know for those guys to be doing what they're doing with march banks and and Phil and, and Alex Martin, like that team's come a long way and you were a part of that for, you know, a couple of years, like you said. So there's a lot to talk about and I, we for sure need to get you back on. And, uh, I think we, I think that'll be a plan to do maybe later this year or next year. And, and I know you'll have some more stories to tell, you know, hopefully this time next year we'll tell and talking about you being a, a supercross champion mechanic. So that'd be cool. I would love to have that conversation. <laughs> looking forward to that. That'd be a sweet one. Yeah. That would be the the celebration that we could talk about, not the, <laughs> not just the hanging out parts. Yeah. So, 
Um, but anybody you want to thank anything you want to recommend to people that are trying to get in the industry, like anything that you, you want to get off your chest? Uh, get off my chest. No, but it'd be nice to, (laughs) (laughs) well, I mean, there's some stuff you want to get off your chest, but that's, that's a whole different story. than that guy, yeah, that's a, that's a whole nother episode that you probably got to pay for. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Uh, That's going to be a lot. That's going to be a big membership fee. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's cool that, you know, I, I grew up racing. I always wanted to be a racer. And I think a lot of people have that dream. And uh, just because you take a different path, like, I, I don't feel like I gave up on my dream of being a racer. I feel like I've now made it to the top of, you know, in this industry. It, it's really cool to know that motorcycle racing can do so much to, to so many people. And, you know, hearing all these stories, is, it's cool. It just makes you appreciate why you do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where right. it's you just got to figure out what you want and, and go for it. You know, a lot of times people are s- skeptical on their dreams. And, you know, like like Brent just said, like, you know, he was a racer and now he's a mechanic. And, you know, I was a racer and I wasn't very good at all. But I knew I wasn't going to be good at racing. So I, I've kind of followed my path to become a rep. And, it you know, it really worked out with a lot of support from family and whatnot. So find your niche. And if that's what you really love to do, then kind of just go for it. Thanks to people because the people that are running stuff right now are people I was, I was getting paid three to 500 bucks a week with, you know, 10 years ago. So yeah, we, we all come up and, you know, everyone, I'm, I'm just glad I'm friends with so many people in this industry and, you know, we've been at it for a long time. And I think a lot of it is because we're all nice to each other. We're all good people. So why do you, why do you uh, live by that? I think life will take you far, you know, not even just this industry. Yeah, yeah, just kind of be respectful and don't burn any bridges, and that can go a long way for sure. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, dude. Like, like I said, we'll definitely do it again, and uh, hopefully I'll get to see you around. Are you going to go to any East Coast rounds, or are you kind of just going to stay busy in Florida? I'm, I'm going to cruise down to Daytona. I'm going to go watch the sprint car racing at Felucia on Friday night. I'm going to okay. go to Supercross, probably as a fan on Saturday, and then hopefully cruise over to GNCC on Sunday. I went to a bunch of GNCCs this summer. I actually went to ISCC this summer. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm, I've got a lot of friends in the off-road world, and I'm excited to go watch them race. With my full schedule this year, the only two rounds I'm going to be able to see. So I'm going to go watch them as much non-Supercross racing as I can. That's awesome. What about uh, Baylor's yeah. crash, dude, and then him finishing? Gnarly. Oh, my God. Gnarly. Man, those GNCC guys are so crazy. Like, the stuff they do, like they come off the track just battered. And you're like, what happened? It's like, man, I had five big crashes that race. Like, what? Like, these guys come off with their bikes just mangled and they're bleeding, and they're like, yeah. oh, that was from my second crash. This one on my wrist, that was from uh, one hour in. Like, it's, these guys just beat themselves up. Yeah, it's nuts. I uh, we had Andy Gray on, who's Jordan Ashburn's mechanic, and. uh it's just crazy to hear him talk because he yeah. actually is one of my dealers as well. So I'll see him this week and uh, it's just nuts. Like he was telling me one round, like they're going 75, 80, you know, they're wide open on these four fifties. And I'm like, God, that's insane. Like, that's just nuts. And the, Jordan's like, I couldn't even, Jordan's like, well, straight tell him he'll come. He's like, Dude, I couldn't even see it. Like I was just holding it. Like, I'm like, you guys need like that's, therapy. That's something wrong with y'all. Yeah. Those guys in Italy, it's ISD. The summer is super dry conditions and, I said he just pulled it lost and 
you know, hope that you remember where the trail goes. <laughs> yeah, Crazy. I'm out on that, dude. No thanks. Yeah. Heck yeah, Brent. We'll have fun on the 450. Uh, hopefully you guys don't get too bored tomorrow on day two and, and have some fun on the pit board. And uh, like I said, we'll hopefully see you at some of these rounds and maybe some outdoors. But again, thank you for the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good night. You too, man. I appreciate it. See ya. That's a wrap on episode 35. Thank you to our sponsor, Spot Network TV, Works Connection, Bell Ray, Scott Sports USA, and uh, Chirby's USA. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. If you have any questions or have any feedback, please hit us up at Motospot Show, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, guys.